This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. There is nothing wrong with your radio. Do not attempt to adjust the frequency. We are controlling transmission. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer limit frequency. Good evening, my name is Ricardo. And my name is Sam. And this is the Outer Limit Frequency. by now that most people have pretty much accepted that the division between the different arts are arbitrary at best. When it comes down to it, the difference between, say, a novel, a painting, a film, and an album comes down to how they package and convey meaning and little else. So taking this into account, it should come as a little surprise that many musicians take inspiration from other artistic mediums, and where better to look for inspiration than the wide world of literature? With this in mind, tonight's episode is dedicated to those musical projects that are based on novels and other works of fiction, and while we're at it, we'll also touch upon a few notable musicians who have contributed to the literary space beyond their day jobs. David Bowie never tried to hide the fact that he was set on adapting George Orwell's 1984 into a stage musical, which works out quite nicely because, first of all, Orwell himself wanted the same thing from the book. But also, Bowie gave us at least a few songs based on this one piece of fiction. Orwell's widow unfortunately did not give Bowie permission to do this planned musical, but the songs happened either way. We Are the Dead, Big Brother, and of course 1984, all from the album Diamond Dogs, showed Bowie's love for the source material, and I will never really understand why this show could not have gone ahead. The guy clearly loved it and probably would have done it some kind of weird justice. So this is 1984. Yeah. 
I'm looking for the treason that I knew in 65. Beware the I'm going to be honest, I can't believe that this next album is yet to be mentioned on the show, because Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds is a classic in every possible meaning of the word. Based on the H.G. Wells novella of the same name, War of the Worlds is the greatest piece of sci-fi prog theatre ever created. Although, now I think about it, I'm not sure if there are actually any other contenders to that title. But where Jeff Wayne's masterpiece excels over many of the entries we will be looking at is that it actually uses large pieces of the text from the story, narrated by the great late Shakespearean actor Richard Burton. This makes it more of an adaptation than merely being an album inspired by. This pleases both the music nerd and writer in me immensely. And from that 1978 album, here is a medley of The Eve of the War and Forever Autumn. No one would have believed in the last years of the 19th century that human affairs were being watched from the timeless worlds of space. Few men even considered the possibility of life on other planets. And yet, across the gulf of space, minds immeasurably superior to ours regarded this earth with envious eyes. And slowly and surely... They drew their plans against us. The summer sun is fading as the year grows old. Darker days are drawing near The winter winds will be much colder Now you're not here I watch the birds fly south across the autumn sky One by one they disappear I wish that I was flying with them Now you're not here Like the 
sun through the trees you came to love me Like a leaf on the breeze you blew Aniara, the book-length poem by Harry Martinson, may not be the most well-known piece of fiction on our episode for tonight. But with the published version released in 1956, it's done a good job of staying around and its particular brand of science fiction remaining as the sort of sci-fi we still get today, much like War of the Worlds. It tells the story of a transport ship of colonists from a dying Earth veering off the course they had set, entering a different solar system, and then having to deal with that whole thing. Swedish prog metal band Seventh Wonder adapted this for their 2010 album The Great Escape, with the 30-minute title track essentially retelling the story in its entirety. The rest of the album explore characters and themes from the story pretty much expanding on it. 
I'd love to play the title track here, but yeah, 30 minutes. So instead, this is Long Way Home.
is no single work of sci-fi or fantasy out there that has inspired as many songs as the Lord of the Rings. Well, aside from maybe one book, but I don't want to upset the fans of that book, so I won't mention it. From Led Zeppelin to Blind Guardian, Enya, Ed Sheeran, Genesis, Rush, Pink Floyd, the list goes on. The series has inspired musicians from all different genres to profess their love for this incredibly realized world. As such, I could pick almost any of these and not really need to give any explanation. So that's what I'll do. This is Nightwish with Elven Path.
Of all the things that could be said about the iconic Canadian band Rush, nobody could say they weren't well-read. The group's final album, Clockwork Angels, was inspired by a dystopian steampunk novel. They made numerous allusions to the great high fantasy canon, and their 2112 record famously and controversially referenced the works of Ayn Rand. But Rush's interest in Rand can actually be traced back to 1975 with the song Anthem from Fly By Night. And as far as the juxtaposition of message and mouthpiece goes, this has always been a bit of a mismatch. Rush had a reputation as rock's nice guys, so the reference to Rand's hard-nosed brand of misanthropy slash survival of the fittest doctrine were hard to reconcile. In later years, the band's drummer, Neil Peart, revealed that his early obsession with the Atlas Shrugged author gave way to a more empathetic political philosophy, which was quite a relief to me, at least. But all that weighty objectivism makes for good lyrical material, so what you gonna do? Art always wins. This is Anthem.
there are a huge amount of songs based on works by Stephen King. Not shocking. The obvious choice here would be to play Pet Cemetery by Ramones, and I was going to do that, but then I remembered that there is another punk band out there who not only did a song about a certain dancing clown, but went so far with it that they even named the band themselves after him. I am, of course, talking about Pennywise, their song Pennywise, and the book It, from which they took their, well, whole thing. Pennywise have also shown a lot more durability than Ramones as they're going to this day. Sure, they haven't quit left quite the legacy that Ramones have, but it is a better book than Pet Cemetery, so... Inside your soul at night, I'm swimming nice and slow. Turn around, I'll turn around, if anyone will know. He'll make you wish that you were dead, he'll make it hard to cope. He'll make you wish that you were dead and hang you by a rope. Evil looks in his eyes. The clown they call Pennywise. He'll catch you by surprise. The clown they call Pennywise. In 2006, Sepultura were at a crossroads. Their Dante 21 album received lukewarm response at best, and without either of the infamous Cavalera brothers, they were facing the very real danger of dwindling into obscurity. I don't think any fan of the Brazilian metal institution expected what came next. Alex was the band's 11th album and the second consecutive to be based on a famous work of fiction. Whereas Dante was inspired by Alighieri's Divine Comedy, Alex recounted the events of Anthony Burgess's cult classic, A Clockwork Orange. Perhaps there's something about a story that revolves around ultraviolence, brainwashing, and the erosion of free will that might appeal to a metal band. I consider Alex to be the best Sepultura album since Max left in the 90s. And if you're aware of protagonist Alex's peculiar taste in music, this next song will be a special treat. The aptly titled Ludwig Van is a five-minute medley of metal-infused classical, Bon appetit, mine drugs.
With the success of Game of Thrones on HBO, it's not really surprising that there have been quite a few songs based on it. Blind Guardian, The National, The Sword, and Wale, and others, all have songs based on it, for the most part based more on the show than the books. But we can't forget that the books kind of came first, and Blind Guardian in particular is kind of known for their adaptations of books. However, I don't like them, but I do like Mastodon who did a song called White Walker for Catch the Throne mixtape to accompany the show. I'm just going to say it's for the books, though, so we can play it, because it's a damn good song.
on the face of it, it seems impossible that a renaissance man such as Nick Cave has never directly based any of his albums on books. Now, I know this to be true, and it is still hard to believe. Instead, he is seemingly more content to be the author in the equation, having penned such novels as And the Ass or the Angel, The Death of Bunny Munro, and The Sick Bag Song. And this has crossed over into his primary work as a musician in subtle but important ways. Just take this next track, for example, Higgs Bows and Blues from Push the Sky Away. In a relatively short span of time, it paints such an evocative, abstract, but enthralling narrative, the sort that many authors, aspiring or established, would actually kill for. In fact, I think it's only a matter of time before someone inverts the whole process and writes a book explicitly inspired by some of the Bad Seed's best yarns. Can't remember anything at all Flame trees line the street Can't remember anything at all But I'm driving my car down to Geneva Been sitting in my basement patio. It was hot up above. Girls walk past, roses all in blue. Have you ever heard about the Bosom Blues I'm going down to Geneva, baby Gonna teach it to you Stopped in Memphis now 
My 
Valley Cyrus floats in a swimming pool in Toluca Lake. And you're the best girl I ever had. Can't remember anything at all. It's a bit of a shame that when people think of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, they are usually ignoring their first four albums. It's a shame because there is actually some really good stuff there. Mother's Milk is a great album, and their first three, the self-titled Freaky Styly and the Uplift Mofo Party Plan, all have great stuff on them, not to mention great names. So for the purpose of this episode, I'm going to say a similar thing about Dr. Seuss, because most of the time you're just thinking of his so-called greatest hits, like his Cat in the Hat, The Lorax, Green Eggs and Ham, that sort of stuff. What is often overlooked is his incredibly bizarre, lesser-known works like his picture book collection, Yertle the Turtle and other stories. This connection isn't as strange as you'd think either, as on the album Freaky Styly, the Red Hot Chili Peppers have a song called Yertle the Turtle, which is about... As you'd expect, Yertle the Turtle. I'm not sure what possessed them to write a song about this small Dr. Seuss story, but I'm glad they did it. Look at that turtle go, bro. On a faraway island of the Solomon, a Yertle the Turtle was a king of the pond. A nice little pond, it was clean, it was neat. The water was warm, there was a plenty to eat. Until one day, the king of the mall decided the kings and he was rulers too small. I'm a ruler of... I see, but I don't see enough, and that's the trouble with me.
And since tonight's episode is looking at both musicians who are authors and musicians who base their work off books, I thought it would only be fair to include one example of someone who does both. Les Claypool is most famous for his work with Primus, but the bass guitar legend released his debut novel, South of the Pump House, in 2006. It's a good read, filled with dark humour, quirky rednecks, and bloody murder. But it only takes a quick glance at Primus' recent discography to pick up on another literary thread. The group's last two studio albums were based on books, you see. Primus and the Chocolate Factory, now okay, that speaks for itself. And The Desaturated Seven, which was based on the children's book The Rainbow Goblins by Ulderico. I know that Sam is quite fond of the former of these two records, but it's the latter that really does it for me. The source material makes for a satisfying and playful listening experience that really gets the most out of Claypool's cartoonish shtick. And from The Desaturating Seven, this is Primus with The Scheme.
and we are out of time so yeah thanks for joining us and if you liked what you heard jump onto spotify and check out some of our old episodes there's a whole lot of them there and since you're coming back next week you're going to hear us get to talk all about an extremely famous band but in typical outer limit frequency fashion we're going to be looking at the lesser known side of queen in the beginning of our b-side tour we'll see you then see you then Use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.